Hey, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of The Jay Davis Show. I'm excited to have Tim Winkler with us. He's the president and CEO of VIP Tire and Service. Thank you for coming on the show, Tim. Thank you, Jay. Glad to be here. Well, do you want to give a quick bio for, for all the listeners? Yeah, I can do a, a quick one. Uh, you know, grew up in Oklahoma and uh, graduated from the University of Oklahoma, so boomer sooner. Got an engineering degree and uh, out of college, uh, ended up in my first job in the automotive world uh, at a air filter factory where we made air filters for cars. Did uh, almost 10 years at that company in various roles. Um, got married, four children, uh, moved on to another company also in the automotive world. That time we were making uh, starters and alternators, the largest rebuilder of starters and alternators in the in the country. Um, Long story short, after about 10 years there, I was in a VP of sales role covering North America. And one of our customers uh, happened to be this small company up in Maine named VIP. And I got to know the owner up there. And long story short, he asked me one day if I was uh, interested in moving the family from Oklahoma to Maine and coming to join him on this journey at VIP Tires and Service. And so that was almost 14 years ago. And so about five years ago, he uh, stepped aside as the CEO to be executive chairman and to uh, run our real estate growth side of the business. And so today I get the privilege of serving our 650 employees as the president and CEO of our company. We've got amazing. Uh, 70 locations throughout New England and, and adding five or six a year. That's incredible. Uh, does the real estate arm essentially decide where the new locations are? And that's that's some of that work. Yeah, he scouts out the new markets, new for new locations. He, uh, you know, owns all the real estate, uh, so that's really uh, his his and his team's role, as well as renovating the existing stores. So anything that has to do with lease management, property management, and uh, new market identification. Of course, I get to spend some time with him in the field, uh, assisting in that area. But that's really his and his team's focus is the the new store growth and. Uh, my primary focus is then myself and our CFO and our COO, you know, really keeping the operating business uh, working and going in the right direction and continuing to grow and be uh, more and more profitable and, and help our people uh, hopefully love their jobs at VIP. It's amazing. Uh, one of the things I would love to ask, uh, you came in to take over from a founder, it sounds like. Uh what have you learned about taking over from a founder? Uh, maybe some some good things that people should do, maybe some things people should not do. I think that's one of the things I notice with entrepreneurs is they always start with like, man, I'm going to run this forever. And then at some point they hit a kind of realization. I just hired a CEO for one of my companies and I hadn't thought about that. I'd never thought about like, okay, what am I going to do if one day I'm not running this company? Uh what have you learned going through that process? Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting question. I've never had that question asked of me before. <clears throat> um, the first thing I'll say is is our owner John Quirk uh, is a uh, is a guy who uh, obviously extremely intelligent. He's definitely fits that mold of kind of the entrepreneur. He took huge risk uh, early in his career uh, as he was growing the business, but. He also identified the fact that uh, you know he wanted to bring in a professional uh, management team, if you will. And so I think even uh, 
years ago, he sort of had a long-term vision that someday he would have the right people in place that he wouldn't have to be the day-to-day uh, operator and leader of the business. Um, some of the things I've learned uh, along that way is, you know, uh, there are times that, uh, you know, he's still very involved, you know, he's not as much involved on the operating side, but his office is still here in the same building. Um, he still very much pays attention to how we run the business. And so when you're going to be interacting constantly with a founder like that, um, you know, there are times that you kind of have to make sure you and, and they stay on the same page and you can't get your feathers ruffled, uh, easily. Because, you know, they're going to have opinions. You're going to have opinions. Sometimes, most of the time we agree. But of course, sometimes we don't. And uh, he's got to be, um, you know, he's got to have the vision to know when to say, you know what, this is Tim's company that I that I trust him to run. And then there's going to be times that I have to be open to the to the comments and criticisms and suggestions that come with somebody else who really knows the business well. And I can't be defensive myself in in taking on that information that that he may identify for us. So you know, we have a great relationship. We're both passionate. Sometimes we both get red in the face as we're talking out some of our issues, but uh, <laughs> we always end up we always end up going you know in the right direction. And it's uh um you know, but it's, I think it's healthy for the people even around us to see the fact that we can both kind of you know get up into each other's face a little bit sometimes, but we're also always going to always end up on the same team. Yeah. No, and I think, I think that's uh that's great. I love it. I love what you said about, you know, really humility, like the humility of uh, recognizing that both of you want to have the same things happen and the business to succeed and to get better. And uh, I think, I think that's, it's also good to, for people to see that you can debate and have uh, kind of a, exchange of ideas that the passion is is because you care and because you're excited about the business i think that's that's all very very good uh advice and i think it is something that's really hard it's hard most people don't think about it when when you're starting a business it's just kind of everything's like i'm gonna do this forever i love it i'll never stop and then at some point that ends that has to change right. so right yeah right right no it's it's you know and, and one of the other great blessings is he's He's always given us the freedom, if you will, to do the right thing for the long term, you know, and that's one of the, you know, I've worked for a couple pretty large companies that were very quarter to quarter focused, you know, yeah. like a lot of large Wall Street driven companies tend to be. And uh, sometimes, you know, you kind of scratch your head when you see some of the decisions those organizations make for some sort of short term metric or gain that they're trying to get. Um, our owner has always, you know, supported the fact that if we can explain why something's the right thing to do long-term, uh, you know, he supports that and, and it's allowed us to invest, whether it be payroll time, you know, equipment, uh, different approaches, benefits, things that in, in the short term may cost a little bit more, but we know that we're building a culture that is, uh, over the long term going to be a much more successful business. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. Um, what have you learned? I think another really kind of hot topic for for leaders and and especially entrepreneurs who are building something is it's always hard to find great people. 
develop great people, manage great people. What have you learned and what can you share with the listeners about how to find great talent? Uh, do you have a process? Do you have a system? Any tips and tricks? Because I think that is, there's definitely this shift as you start to build something and then all of a sudden you're like, I don't need to figure out all this by myself. I need to find great people who can solve all these problems for me. Um, yeah. Your founder, John, right? I think is yep. you mentioned his name. John at some point had to say, I need to find someone great to lead this team. I can't do both of these things. So any any right. tips you'd give us? You know, I guess uh, uh, just yesterday we finished a, a three-day leadership course that we take some of our new managers through. And it reminds me of a, uh, um, a book that we sample from in that leadership course. And the book is called It's Your Ship. Uh, Michael Abrashoff was a a Navy captain, and and uh, he wrote this great book about uh, really turning around the culture of a ship. And one of his chapters is called "Round People for Round Holes." And so, uh, you know, the idea is get to know your people and get to know people generally. I mean, John recruited me to VIP because uh, his company was a customer of ours. So I happen to just be this vice president of sales that he interacted with. Uh, because they were buying our par- products and we met with his team and he got to know me a little bit and, you know, uh, enough that he thought, you know what, here's somebody who I think could add some value to my business. Most of our uh, talent development and when you talk about kind of where we are today as a company, uh, we have a huge promote from within uh, culture. So we have, as we're growing, we're bringing in, you know, Uh, quite a few people into the organization every quarter, every year. And so what we've done is by having a very, very healthy promote from within culture, we identify people early on who have those attributes that we might be looking for in a certain certain department or in a certain leadership role. And then we are very, you know, career focused and, and we have these conversations where we will identify someone and say, you know what, we think you have the DNA to, to, move into this part of the organization or to be this kind of leader for us. But here are the things that maybe you need to do. Maybe we need to send you to some sort of uh, financial you know, management school because you have all these other attributes, but what you really don't have is the financial piece of the business. And so we're willing to invest in that for you, but that'll help you to uh, you know, be able to fill this role that we see that the organization is going to need in, in a couple of years. So between, you know, I would say, Promoting from within, especially if it's a large enough organization that you're bringing people in in more entry level positions, make sure that you know you're always identifying where that raw talent is and and who who's promotable. Um, and at the same time, leaders got to get to know their people really, really well. And that's the whole idea in that chapter I talked about from Captain Abrachoff is he got to know all his sailors so well that he knew when he had an an area of the business that he knew he needed some talent in, he could immediately identify who had an interest in that same area. So you can dovetail where people's interests and skills are with what the organization needs. It's amazing. I love that. That's great advice. <clears throat> and I think that's, it's, uh, you know, always finding that right seat on the bus for people. And um, I love that. Is there something that you think, I, I think this is another question that I personally have is, um, you know, that promote from within, promote from outside, bring someone in from the outside. Is you, is there something about VIP that you think makes that 
like I, I don't know how to phrase it the right way, but like that's the right choice for us because of X. Uh, is that you know how did you go through that thought process for a listener who's like, hey, should that be my approach as as for my business, or should I take a different approach? Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> I think it really all depends on what what area or what uh, what expertise and what position you're trying to fill. For us, the promote from within works really, really well for our multi-unit managers. You know, there's a lot of larger companies like ourselves and obviously bigger than us who tend to look for their district and regional talent from outside the company. And so they bring people in maybe because they've run, you know, a bunch of stores for some other competitor and they think, okay, we're going to bring somebody in who uh, is going to come in and and inject this, you know, level of of energy and talent or whatever into the company. And sometimes for different organizations, maybe that is the right solution in a certain situation. For us, what we have found is, you know, our business with 70 stores now and growing, the leaders, the managers at our each of our locations, that manager and how strong they are, how good of a leader they are, and how well they feel supported by the organization, that's what makes or breaks our business. You know, our our best ideas and the things that have really transformed our company, they don't come from a boardroom and three or four people sitting around dreaming up some great idea. It comes yeah. from the people taking care of our customers every day, comes from our managers who are developing and leading their people every day. And they're the ones closest to our customers. They're the ones that know what we need to do to become a better business. So for us, the promote from within has just really resonated because now all of our district and regional and our director of stores, they're all people who've run one of our stores before. And so they've yeah. walked a mile in the shoes and, and that's huge. But <clears throat> having said that, you know, our CFO has been here 17 years, but if I, you know, need to go bring in a, a, a number two in our finance department, you know, we happen to have a very experienced lady in that position today, but if I've got to go replace her someday, I'm not going to promote that from within. I'm probably going to go find an experienced finance professional who uh, is going to, you know, that I'm going to bring in. So it really comes down to kind of which need are you trying to fill within the organization? And and for us, there's, you know, there are obviously some support positions we might go outside for, but for a lot of them, uh, we like to promote out out of our stores into our support center as well. Yeah. No, I love that. Uh, I think that's a really good advice. And I also just want to point out what you said about uh, innovation, I would, is how I would probably describe what you said is often we ignore those kind of frontline people. Uh, that's one of my things is like, often you'll find these companies where they will sit as a executive team and say, what do our customers want? It's like, Dude, ask customer service. <laughs> they're the ones right. who they're talking to them every day. Like what what it what needs to be improved on our products. That's something with PillCube. I always go and want to hear from, you know, all of the different people. We have a monthly innovation meeting where it doesn't matter if you're uh, you know, a customer service person or the janitor or whoever, if you've got a great idea, let's hear it and let's let's figure out how to make it exciting for you because I think that's exactly that point is a lot of times, you know, you have customers who are talking to those frontline people and they're saying, ah, yeah, I wish you guys, you know, changed this about a process or I wish you guys would offer this 
product, but you guys don't. So I end up going to, you know, your competitor. And, and so often we just think, well, the top has all the answers, uh, that the top of the pyramid and it's really the, the full team and engaging the full team. So I, I love what you said there. Um, yeah. And, and you know, you know, just to put a finer point on that, 10 yeah. years ago, we started a, an annual employee survey and what we call our all associates meetings. So every January, we just finished it for the 10th year in a row. Uh, we send out a, a, a brief survey to all of our employees. Most of them fill it out and uh, we get there. We kind of assess their satisfaction in various w areas of the business. And then we give them some open comment areas where they can just tell us, hey, what would you do to help VIP become a better company? And then we put all those survey comments and all those survey results together. We print up books and then we go hit the road. Our leadership, myself and five or six other members of our leadership team, we spend most of the month of February and the first week in March in meetings across our geography meeting. And we end up meeting with every single employee in groups of 15 or 20 at a time. And we have about a three hour session where we just talk about the business. We talk about the highlights of last year. We talk about what's coming up this year. And most importantly, we give them a voice and we say, here's what, here's what the survey's telling us are the areas that we think we need to get better in. But I want to hear from you personally, you know, and if I'm sitting next to a kid who's only been with the company three months, I say, you know, hey, Johnny, tell me what, how's your first three months been? What could have been better? You know, and we try to dig up these ideas so that our people who are out there taking care of our customers have a voice and, and, uh, you know, it's an annual process, but we try to make it, uh, you know, something that happens on a more regular basis at the store level, but at least once a year, every employee is going to sit with the CEO, the president, the owner, the HR manager, our VP of stores, and we're all going to sit in a room and talk about how to make the company better. And I, I can tell you over the last 10 years, all of the most transformational uh, changes we've made to improve our company have all come from that grassroots level of people in the stores telling us, you know what we really ought to do? We really ought to give entry-level tech a toolbox to get them started. We really ought to have a better customer process. We really ought to pay for everybody's ASE certifications so they can build up their career. All these ideas that we are all part of our company today all came from our our store associates giving us ideas of ways to improve the business. That's amazing. I, lo I love that. I, I think that's such a great uh, lesson for for every every leader is uh, how do you engage that group? Because often they they have those great ideas, and if you don't, they'll go start something themselves and say. I have all of, you know, there's all these great ideas that are kind of being ignored. And so I love it. Um, what's the part of the business and being a CEO that's most exciting for you? And how do you make sure that that's where you spend your time? And how do you fill in the team around you to do those things that you recognize either don't get you excited or just you're not the best at? Hmm. Um. You know, interestingly, probably for me, the most exciting part are, I would say, two things. Number one are the events that we hold. Uh, and then in addition to and almost, I guess, tangent to that would be the training that we do. I, I love, you know, if I hadn't become an engineer, I was going to be a teacher. I yeah. love teaching. I love helping people learn. And and it just so happens that over time I've developed uh a fairly good stage presence, if you will. So when we have our big annual conference, which is a four-day event with all of our managers and a couple hundred people and all of our key vendors and 
we're at a big resort on the coast of Maine and I'm kind of like MC in the whole thing and we're doing our awards and we're training and we're doing a bunch of great stuff. That's like my favorite event of the year. We do, you know, we're getting ready next week to have our master technician summit where we bring our top 80 technicians from across the company all together for a day of training. The day after that is our tire uh, sales expert training. The day after that is our safety uh, monitor training where all of our safety experts from all of our stores come together. And in every one of these events, as well as many others throughout the year, you know, it's my ability to, or it's my, what I really love doing is engaging with our people and doing it in these forums where they're not in the store, you know, busy with their job working on cars and stuff. Of course, I love going out and visiting them then, but you know, when I'm out in a store visiting with someone, you know, they're, I'm having, I'm trying to have a conversation. They're, they're busy trying to help customers get cars fixed and, and do the things that they need to do at the store level. So sometimes I can get out there and help them a little bit, but for me, it's much more rewarding to, uh, to be at these events where I can really engage with people and, and, and inject some level of enthusiasm and energy into the workforce in a way that helps them go back to their jobs and, and kind of carry forward that, that vision of the bigger picture. You know, I'm, I may be in a store with eight or 10, uh, uh, fellow team members taking care of customers every day, but I'm part of this 650 employee company that's growing and doing these great things. And so I love the enthusiasm and the energy that we get when we all come together in, in those events. And, uh, and then, like I said, the leadership training, we, we invest a ton of training into, into our leaders, P and L classes, we hold several leadership classes a year. Uh, so we, we do a lot of training and, you know, a lot of companies that get to our size, they end up hiring trainers and having dedicated training people, uh, as the CEO, I love getting in front of our people and spending an entire day uh, helping them to learn these leadership concepts that I learned early in my career. So I stay very hands-on in, in that training role. And so for me, I think that's probably the most enjoyable area for me. And, and uh, you know, the other pieces of the business and the other pieces that, that kind of have to get done that maybe aren't as enjoyable for me, I, I have just an awesome team around me and they help me to, you know, fill in those holes and and I guess as things come up, if, you know, if things aren't as interesting for me, if I need to be there, if I need to be hands on on it, if people tell me that, of course, I'll do it. Uh, but we've got other people who have, you know, specialties and, and backgrounds in other areas. And and so really, you know, it's pretty natural how the rest of those things get done uh, that maybe are things that I, I'm not personally as involved in. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think mean, that's great. Is there any anything that you have is kind of like a trigger, like a monthly kind of time where you sit down and evaluate where you kind of decide, hey, am I straying into things that are not my strengths, but you know, the day-to-day -day emergencies are pulling me into? Do you have anything like that to help you kind of stay focused on what you're best at? Um. You know, I don't have like a uh, an intentional way to kind of do that assessment. I think that that happens fairly organically in our organization because I'm interacting with our owner on a fairly regular basis. I'm also interacting with, you know, our VP of stores and our other directors and our other departments. And so, you know, they, they involve me uh, yeah. on, on things that 
that they know I may have a perspective on. And, and we have a very healthy balance, I think, between, you know, I love uh, the fact that our culture is such that people feel empowered to do uh, most of everything they need to do without, you know, checking in with me. I don't have to approve stuff or anything like that. But at the same time, because they know that from my perspective, overseeing the entire organization, oftentimes there are times when I will, and not to mention I have a background in, you know, engineering, finance, marketing, you know, operations. So sometimes there are perspectives I can provide that they may not have thought of just because I happen to maybe connect some things that they hadn't connected. And so we just have a great respectful way of working with each other that I think keeps me from ever diving too deep uh, into something that's unnecessary. But having said that, our marketing you know, director might come to me and say, hey, I've got this script for a new TV ad. You know, can you take a look at it? Because sometimes you know, there's yeah. a few words here or there that I might, I might find a way to say it just a little bit better to match our brand. And she knows that, you know, that that's something that, that I have, something that may, may contribute to helping make it better. But it's not, it's not a, a situation where she feels like she has to run something by me. You know, it's just a respect-based relationships that we have across the organization. I love that. Uh, I think that's such a great point. And I, and I think that's often, you know, being CEO is a lot of being able to help guide. And like you said, it's training, it's, it's helping people to improve. I, I think that's, I, I am similar in that I love to teach. I love helping people learn. Uh, and there's, there's some things that, you know, don't excite, excite you and you just got to let people who are really great at that do that stuff. <laughs> so it's, right. uh, it's yeah. a great part of it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, any, anything that you're, you guys are working on for the coming year that you're really excited about, want to share? Um, you know, I think, uh, really for us, we were growing faster than we've ever grown. Uh, you know, we, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, 10, 12 years ago, the company was struggling to make money and, and, uh, we sort of had to do a reset and really have to kind of look at the organization and, and, and reset a new vision of how we were going to become what we call a people focused company. Um, that was 2012 ish by 2018, we were, you know, we had earned our stripes, if you will, able to open up a new location, uh, again, uh, we then went to a couple of year this year. I mean, right now, uh, probably what's, uh, kind of really cool is that we've got like four or five different acquisitions going into some new states that we haven't been in before. Um, I'm getting to interact with these other uh, shop owners who've built really great businesses and and they're sort of ready for an exit plan. And and we're, yeah. we've earned the we've earned the ability to be one of those at the table who may be able to acquire their business and 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 help those people, you know, come into the VIP family. So for me, that's kind of the exciting phase we're in right now is, is kind of, uh, accelerating the growth curve. And, uh, and that's, that's a lot of fun. And, and it also gives me the ability to, to really, you know, get to learn how some of these other shops have become successful shops on their own right. And then how we can learn from them as they become part of our company. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Well, if, uh, if people are looking for a job, maybe they're in your area, what's kind of the best place or they're, they want to use you as a customer, what's the best place to learn more about VIP? 
yeah, they can go to our website, vipauto.com. They can learn all about the company there. They can find our careers page. We also have a careers email at careers at vipauto.com. You know, I do quite a bit on LinkedIn, so people can find me on LinkedIn. And and, uh, as an example, last year, I kind of championed the automotive right to repair initiative in the state of Maine. So there was a whole lot of activity uh, around that whole right to repair subject, um, which of course could be its own podcast. I did plenty of those though last year, but uh, yeah. you know, so there's a lot going on in our industry and uh, yeah. it's a great industry to be in. It's a lot of fun and we're growing like crazy. And uh, um, so, yeah, so people can, can check us out on the website or LinkedIn and, uh, um, and we've got, of course, a whole digital marketing platform and you can find us all over the place on social. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom and experience that you uh, had to earn the hard way. We really appreciate it. And thanks again for being a guest. Absolutely, Jay. This has been enjoyable. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, Tim.